Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. Happy end of September, everybody. Hopefully wow, where you were at, I know, hopefully where you were at, it is getting cool. Although for some of you, if you live on the other side of the world, it's getting hot for you now. So I don't know what to do with that. Um, it's never cool here, so. Mm, Man, that must really suck. Oh, <laughs> it really does. When you're from a place that, like, when you're originally from a place that is gorgeous this time of year. Yeah. I'm tired of the color green. Also, I apologize. <laughs> it sounds like my roommate just woke up. So the dog, you're going to hear a squeaky toy squeaky in the background. Toy. <laughs> he is obsessed with it. It's a Halloween, like, spooky um, pineapple. So and cute. anytime he has it, he just literally goes nuts. So, well, that's adorable. I apologize. It, is, it is adorable so until you realize so the dog loud. is like, the dog is like 125 pounds. <laughs> um, he's basically a human. So, so cute. But. Um. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this month with another good episode and yeah. the episode recap. Lay it on us. All right. So this week we watched season five, episode 12, titled The One with Chandler's Work Laugh. This was written by Alicia Skye. Wow, they are hating me on this one. Um, very, very, very natus, I think. I apologize if I butchered that. Um, like, she's going to listen to this. Uh, directed by... <laughs> good point. Good point. Solid Directed point. by Kevin S. Bright and originally aired on January 21st, 1999. Monica uncovers the fake laugh Chandler reserves for his boss's bad jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel is upset that Monica hasn't fessed up about her affair, and word comes of Emily's remarriage plans. When, Yikes. might I add, they are not actually divorced yet. Uh, yes, I wrote that as a point. I was like, didn't Rachel just get done saying that his divorce wasn't finalized? So, yeah, yeah. it's really bad continuity error for the writers here. Um, now, what... What's interesting about this episode is in the soft open, we open it up and it is essentially the next day of the from the last episode because Rachel is really trying to get out of Joey details about the the Monica Chandler situation. She's like, this is such a big deal. This is unbelievable. Like. So he, she tries to ask, like, who initiated and is he romantic with her and blah, blah, blah. And, like, Joey doesn't know anything. <laughs> Joey yeah, has it's no like clue the classic, what's happening. It's like the classic, like, the girl wants to know all the, the gory details, not gory details, all of the details. And the yes. guy is just like, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, he's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, which is probably really infuriating to Rachel because she's like, is she ro- is he romantic with her? Like, she's trying to gauge the situation. Are they yeah. just sleeping together? Who initiated? Like, she wants to know the story. She's like, tell me everything. And Chandler knows nothing. Um, And that's pretty much the opener. So, yeah. So a couple things. Um, Joey's physically eating a whole box of pizza <laughs> and his hands. So it's like a it's like a goof moment his hands are on the edge of the pizza box and then the camera angle changes when rachel says is he romantic with her and both of joey's hands in that moment are holding a slice of pizza 
Mm. But like he's already like half eaten that piece of pizza, so like it doesn't make sense like how his hands could go from the box to like a half eaten piece of pizza. Got it. Um, and then I've never noticed this before, and I don't know if maybe it was a leftover prop from like New Year's Eve, but there was like a outside the bathroom door, there mm-hmm. was like a spiky light fixture. I don't know if it's just conf- like a confetti thing or whatever, but I've never noticed it before. It like hung down kind of like a like a disco ball would. Mm. It was really weird. It stood out to me because I've I've never seen it. And it was just such a weird placement for it. I'm like, maybe that's left over from New Year's. But it was weird. Yeah. No, good catch. I I think I noticed it in the background, but didn't really like bring it to my attention to notice it like fully. But I'm glad yeah. you called it out. Because it did look very alien in the apartment. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so in the main part of the episode, we start off in the cafe. Ross comes in. He looks like he's kind of on a rampage. He's kind of angry. He orders a scone from Gunther and comes to the comes to the group who's like, hey, I just heard that a wedding is happening and weddings are happy. Oh, and by the way, we find out that it's Emily that's getting married. Um, He's so frustrated by it. He goes, by the by, it's my ex. By the by, it's my ex. Emily's getting married. He grabs the scone from Gunther, puts it down on the edge of the coffee table, and pounds it with the bottom of his, like, hand. Like, in a fist. His anger is, like, at its peak. And he calls her, like, I couldn't hear the last word, but he was, like, called her, like, a British something or other. Like, he was very bitter. He said something like, the stupid British foods. (laughs) Oh, because of the scone. Yeah. So he angry. <laughs> He's yeah. just mad. Um, yeah. So that's really that's really all I have. Um, Chandler makes some joke in this moment about. Um, so it sounds like your anger management classes are going well. Oh yeah. It's like, did you learn that in your anger management class? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I can't believe Ross is still on sabbatical. That is just crazy. Yeah. Um. But kind of a perfect time of the year to do it. Like, it got him through Christmas and, like, okay, I'll take an extended holiday break over the holidays. Like, that sounds great. For sure. Um, We we pan to a work party. Chandler has brought Monica to a work party where they can be, like, a real couple and they don't have to hide. They get to do relationship-type things like holding hands and kisses and just being close without having to, like – keep it hidden from anybody now Can i say that they yeah. looked incredible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they looked they did. so good they did the the boss comes up and introductions happen the boss is like who is this like beautiful woman and why is she with you and he's like ha 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 i ask myself that all the time monica was it gary doug Okay, Doug. Uh, Doug, Doug, Monica, here's his wife. And then the wife also slaps Chandler's butt. So it's a really weird dynamic happening at this workplace. And the boss goes to tell a joke and Chandler uses a very cackly type laugh. Very awful. Very outward and very open mouthed. And Monica's like, what was that? Like, what was that noise that you made? He's like, oh, it's my work laugh. Like, he just instantly, like, he gives it a name and everything. He calls it out. 
And he's like, if you're going to survive here, you need to get one too. And so she's like, all right, check me out. So she goes over to the work, to the boss group and who he's telling a joke to somebody else. And then she gets her own annoying laugh, which he kind of has to like motion to like tame it a little bit. And take it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she now has a work laugh, a Chandler's work laugh. So it works. Um, over in the cafe, we catch up with the lovebird couple a little bit, uh, it's essentially the next day. Chandler, like, comes kind of hopping in and telling Monica that she was a huge hit at the party and may even have reversed the damage of his own personal brand from when they met Joey, like, earlier, um, saying she kind of repaired the damage, uh, for them liking him and the boss wants to play tennis with them, so Chandler needs a racket since we find out that Joey took his and destroyed it. Um, and then Rachel comes in and Chandler's like, hey, do you have a racket? And she's like, no, I gave mine to Joey and actually haven't got it back. And he's like, yeah, well, good luck <laughs> because we know what happened to his racket, which is right. just funny. So Rachel comes in under this facade of wanting to spend time with her bestie. But what she really wants is for Monica to tell her the truth about Chandler. Spill the beans. Yeah. So she kind of is like fishing for it by like, hey, let's talk. And she's like, well, work has been like pretty good. And she's like, they don't have to talk about work. Let's uh, talk about relationships. She's like, oh, cool. What's happening with you? She's like, nothing. Now you go. (laughs) Like Rachel is not there to talk about her. Rachel is there to say, I'm giving you an opportunity to tell me the truth, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. She's really not good at like hiding the fact that she knows something. Yeah, because Monica's like, is there something you want to tell me? And she's like, no. Like, she's mad that, like, she's not getting anywhere with her yeah. scheming plan. Um, But yeah, so she kind of is like, she has work to do. So she gets up and she's like, she just, she's mad. So she goes. She's like, I'm, I'm just leaving. So she goes. Um, Upstairs in the guy's apartment, Phoebe is waiting on Joey. Uh to come out and go to the movies. And while she's doing that, she's listening to the birds have a full on conversation that we know nothing about. Which fun fact, Lisa Kudrow was actually afraid of the chick and the duck. Oh, really? But in this moment she's conversing with them and then eventually picks one up. That's true. Oh, interesting. Um, it's good to know. I would kind of be like really weirded out by them too, but I don't know if scared would be the right well, word. They're unpredictable. That's the thing for me. It's like, I'm not really scared of you, but like, are you going to peck me at a random time because you feel like it? Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Ross comes out of the bathroom and we find out that he stayed up all night to write a nasty letter to Emily, which the birds have pooped on. And at first he was very like, not grateful. And then he realizes like, the message that it sends actually benefits him. So he's like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So Joey comes out like, Hey, you all ready to go to the movie? Um, we find out that they're going to see the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, you've got mail movie, which is so perfectly nineties. It's awesome. Right. Which fun fact, it was actually released in December of 98. So it was technically in theaters. Yes. In January of 99 when this aired. Yes. Both Greg Kinner and Steve Zahn, who star in that movie, have guest appearances in this series at some point. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, so it's like nice oh, little tie. Oh yeah. No, that makes sense. I know the one guy. I can picture him in in my brain. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, Ross though he's like, I'm not gonna go to the movies. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay behind. Um, and he goes to like close the letter, letter licking the envelope. Realizing that he's just licked Ew, an envelope that birds have pooped on, like <laughs> so gross. I couldn't. I could not. Sorry, my dog's hacking it up in the background. Um, so then we we join this tennis match that is happening with the boss and his wife, and then Chandler and Monica. And Monica is absolutely destroying the competition. She's like, she's taking, she ain't taking no prisoners. And Chandler wants to let them win, uh, the the boss. And Monica's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> yeah, she's so competitive. <laughs> she's so competitive. She doesn't understand the idea of letting someone win. And she's like, okay, I can, I can like tone it down to like 95%, but that's the best I can do. And so Chandler, because Monica is just not giving it up, he starts sabotaging her game. So he starts hitting it way out. And we follow them back to the girl's apartment, still in the argument that, that like, you let them win. And as they get down to, like, the base of the argument, we find out Monica's feelings. It's it's that there is a work Chandler version of him, and that that work Chandler is a suck-up, and she doesn't like it. And so he says that he's just not going to put out tonight then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sticks it to her. Um <laughs> So a fun fact, apparently Matthew Perry at 13 years old was a nationally ranked tennis player in Canada. What? Yeah. So technically he's really good at the game. Nice. That's, I like that. It's too bad they couldn't show that because they had to have Monica be the competitive one. Right. But that's good to know. Um, Okay. So we, we, um, at the guy's apartment, we essentially the next morning, Ross was out all night and the friends are a little worried. Ross comes back in and what, like, after being, like, you know, scared at the beginning, and then all of a sudden Monica's, like, you know, punching his shoulder or whatever. And Ross says, like, I stayed out, like, went to a bar, walked around, but Joey knows he hooked up. And they were like, well, tell us about her. And as soon as they say that, who walks in the door but Janice? Janice. She's like, Ross, you forgot your scarf. And then all of a sudden, like, the crowd goes wild because everyone loves Janice. And everyone but the friends, of course, (laughs) are like, he's horrified that they found out. They're horrified that he did that. And she, like, starts, she's like, okay, before, before you start, like... Chandler is in Yemen, which he's not there, so she can't see anything to the contrary. Chandler's in Yemen, and I'm a young woman with needs, so, like, don't you dare judge me. And Phoebe's like, oh, we would never judge you. (laughs) Then they all turn to Ross, because it's Ross that they're judging. 
And it's just hilarious. So, like, she leaves and the friends are like, what in the world? And yeah. it's it's just it's just really funny. Um, so the Magna Doodle in this moment says Joey dash call Kim. So apparently he missed a call from Kim. Ooh, who's Kim? I don't know. Um, okay, so then in the girls' apartment, this is sort of like another one of Rachel's schemes. She storms in under the pretense that she's revealing a huge secret about kissing a guy that Monica liked in high school just so she can get Mon to share her secret. She's like, now you tell me something. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you this huge secret that I never was going to tell you, but now here it is. Now you can tell me one. And Monica is still not budging until finally Monica is just, or Rachel is just sick of Monica, like, keeping the secret away from her. And so she reveals that she knows about Chandler. She's like, I... I heard you guys or like before that Rachel or Monica is like she's like you are surely right in the script you're like that's some story you're weaving essentially is what she's saying she's putting all her stuff back into her like makeup like uh kit thing and she's like that is some tale like I really love to see that script come to life or whatever it is she's just making it like as if she's like that's not true. And Rachel's like appalled at the links that Monica is going to lie about it. She's like, I heard you guys on the phone and I heard you call him Mr. Big. And she's like, but I got too scared. And so I jumped off before like you could finish. And she's like, well, if you would have stayed on a little bit longer, you would have heard that I called him Mr. Big it. Mr. Bigot. He is extremely, he tells extremely racist jokes. Which is such a, such a horrible cover up, but it's so funny. Yeah. Mr. Bigot. Like, oh my gosh. And Rachel is like, she's sort of like, like annoyed at the fact that Monica is like going to these lengths, I think. For sure. Um, a skip, a skip across the hall again. And we're in the guy's apartment. Ross comes back after a date with Janice and is having a really good time with her and explains that, like, they have a lot in common. They're both divorced. They have kids. She's a really, like, attentive listener. He's like, I can't imagine, like, the fact that someone can be so, I guess, like, just able to listen with, like, devoted attention and I think Ross is essentially saying, like, that's what he needs right now. And Phoebe's like, why do you need her when you have us? But then, like, Joey and her are both distracted with the birds because they're, like, playing a game. And Joey's the judge and one of the players. So every time Phoebe, you know, motions for a complaint, he always rules in his own favor. And it's really funny because right. Phoebe thinks that he's being neutral, but he's not. Um and so it kind of shows that, like, they're distracted with the birds, so they really don't have the margin to, like, be listening to him about all his life stuff. And that's what Janice is doing. He's giving – she's giving him a place to to talk, I guess. Yeah. Um. So in this scene, when Joey goes to release the birds from their isolation booths, mm -hmm. as he calls them, um, <laughs> yeah. you can see uh, – you can see the edge of the set on the right just under the mm. foosball table. 
um, so the camera angle was a little too far over. Dang. And then the Magna Doodle at this point now says Kim called again with again underlined like four times. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, okay. Uh, because of how well tennis went, and by well, I mean because they let them win, they got invited to a follow-up dinner. So they are now at the dinner. Monica once again confronts Chandler with his weak work persona. So Chandler decides to be himself and it goes so awkwardly when the boss goes to tell a joke that he doesn't laugh at that Monica actually steps in to save it, which allows us to presume that she's okay with Chandler doing what he needs to get by at work, um, to get by with like them being him being like hospitable towards the boss and laughing at his dumb jokes. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty quick it's a pretty quick scene. Anything in there? Uh no. Okay. Back at the girls' apartment, Joey comes over to get some relief from uh Chandler and Monica being a couple. And Rachel is like, she's like, What? Monica called and said she's gonna be late at work, and so she's like so tired of all the blatant lies that she's like, I'm gonna go over there and confront them right now. But when she gets over there, She gets a little glimpse into Monica's thought process, and as she's listening, she sort of decides to kind of let it go. She's like, Rachel, like, I've told Rachel everything, so it's really hard, and he's like, but we're not ready to tell, and she's like, I know, because he's like, so now I have to do, like, you're telling me I have to tell racist jokes now (laughs) in order to cover the lie. What's really interesting to me, and I don't know if you have this on your, like, in your any of your fun facts, but, like, the continuity error of this element of Monica stating that since high school, she has told Rachel, like, she's told Rachel everything. But at the very beginning of the series, when she comes in in that wedding dress, she's searching for Monica as if she knows she kind of hung out around here, but they hadn't been friends since high school. So I, f- I found that like a little continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't like really make that draw, but I could see what you mean. Like there was some definite years of them. Like yeah. they were really close in high school. Yeah. And then maybe like at the start of college, but then they drifted and Rachel went one way, Monica went another. So yeah, we don't fully know the, the longness of that gap, but um, yeah, I, I would agree. And what's funny is that like we only think that they hung out in high school because of the flashbacks where they put them all together. But based on just like how Rachel grew up versus how Monica grew up and the fact that Monica was fat Monica and Rachel wasn't the idea of them actually hanging out in high school probably doesn't make sense. And the way that she came to the cafe at the beginning was like, I think there was someone that I knew from high school that like, I know she kind of hangs around here, Monica, like, it was almost as if she was like, I know somebody here, but I know of her and I we weren't ever, like, friends. They only just yeah. weaved that part of the story in hindsight in, like, the retro building of their worlds together. So I think that's where, like, some of the continuity gets a little wonky is that, like, when they go back and kind of rewrite history from the way that they present it at the beginning. Um yeah, but anyway, so because she hears a little bit of, like, the inner thoughts, you know, and that they're not ready to tell, and 
that it is really hard on her not being able to tell. Rachel really decides to kind of let it go. So as she goes to leave, though, she bumps the table with the lamp on it. Such a bummer. And Monica comes out, of course, in like boxer shorts and a tank top. And they have this like little exchange. Rachel was over like because she thought it was Joey. So she comes out like Joey and there's there's Rachel. And she's like, what are you doing here? And. They're kind of awkward because Monica's like, shoot, obviously, like, this is so obvious. She's going to figure it out. And Rachel's like, well, now that I know, I'm going to try not to get it out of you. So I'm going to pretend like I don't know because I know you're trying to keep it for a little bit while longer. So it's this really weird, like, exchange where she's like, yeah, I just I need to borrow this lamp to see my books better. And Monica's like, oh, yeah. And when I I'm cleaning the, the room and he pays me. That's the new job. That's why I told you earlier that I had work because this is my new job. And like after they kind of like talk a little back and forth and realize that there's like this awkwardness between between them, like Rachel goes up and gives her a hug and says like, I'm so happy for your new job. And it really was like Rachel's way of trying to let Monica know that she is like happy for her in her relationship but Monica doesn't really take it that way. Not that we see. Because um, when she leaves, Chandler comes out and she's like, man, she is gullible. And right, <laughs> uh, Monica's like, whoosh, like right over, right, like right over the head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we wrap up the main part of the episode downstairs in the cafe. And this scene right here is the culmination of 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 everything that I hate about Ross in wow. this one moment it's like he he is like he's such a downer he's such a complainer he has nothing to do but to talk about all of the negatives in his life and how everything is going poorly he's mopey he wants to be the victim. And Janice is done. She is so over it. Like, she's like, what? Now what's wrong with the coffee? Like, she's frustrated to the point that she dumps him. And she's like, you're annoying. He's like, wait a minute. You're telling me that I've become so annoying that you're annoyed by me? Knowing very well that he has reached his lowest in this moment because she's like, are you going to be okay? He's like, I am now (laughs) because it's sort of a wake up call for him. Like if Janice is annoyed with you, you have reached a low. Yeah. I mean, I never thought it was possible that Janice could be annoyed with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Oh, completely agree. And she essentially, she dumps him fabulously. I mean, she's, like, crying about it. Then, like, Joey comes in at the tail end of it. And she's like, well, I guess that's two out of three. (laughs) And, And we all know that, like, Joey wouldn't have any of that. He would never, he would never have any of that. Right, which he never does. No. Nope. Nope, it ends with the two of three, for sure. Um, 
And this is like, I love this end of the episode, this tag scene. So Ross tells Chandler about Janice. He's like, hey, man, I got to like, I got to fess up. I may have had something with Janice. And Chandler just laughs about it. (laughs) And he's like, really? It's okay." Like Ross, he was worried because he's like, there's a guy code for things like this. You know, there's people you like women you want to date, women you have dated, women who you're related to and Chandler all of a sudden like it clicked like you can see the wheels turning in his brain and what at one point he was saying that like no he's not mad about it he was laughing about it like you can have her pretty much all of a sudden he changes his tune he's showing he's like he's like trying to prove how charitable he's being to Ross at this moment showing him a lot of kindness because because he's like actively breaking this code obviously with Monica so he like i just remember that i have forgiven you that i have chosen not to be angry that i'm going to forgive you and just remember i let you live here rent free and remember that i'm giving you $27 and why don't we write this down <laughs> for for future yeah. reference? Because he knows he's sleeping with Monica and he just got told that that's part of the, the bro code, that you don't do that. So it's really funny. Yeah. So that's how we that's how we end the episode. Is there any other fun facts that maybe I went too fast and skipped um, over? No. Well, just there at the end. There's like a little goof because um, Chandler is sitting in the chair mm-hmm. and he's got his left ankle on his right knee. And then the next shot, his legs are reversed. And then the next shot, his legs are reversed again. So they used takes from different. They used scenes from different takes um, to where his like legs were always switched. And like they were so quick. It's like he wouldn't have switched his legs that many times. Mm, yeah. Okay. But that's it. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite scene for this episode? Uh okay. Um it's difficult. Uh probably oh gosh, I don't even know. Um probably the moment I'm gonna go sweet on this one and probably the moment where Rachel overhears Monica talking to Chandler. Just because I think it adds a level to their relationship and that like this is not just them sleeping together, let's which we know now, but I like that they showed us like a little glimpse of like Monica being open and honest with him. And like, you know, you know, I like this relationship that we have and I understand why we're not telling people, but like Rachel's my best friend. I tell her everything. She's my roommate. Like I don't like keeping it from her. And I think that was just, it was nice to like see that aspect. Cause that is what a relationship is, is communication. Yeah. Um, and then also for Rachel to like hear that and, be respectful of Monica in that situation. So it was good. And then, you know, her hugging her and realizing, and I think subconsciously Monica knows like mm-hmm. she like Rachel, Rachel's a little ditzy, but she's not dumb. Like, yeah, <laughs> she is aware that something is happening. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Especially after all this time, like we've really seen Rachel grow in the whole like ditz department. Yeah. Like they've changed her humor a lot and like, matured her character through the writing of 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 for sure who rachel is so i have to completely agree um 
I thought it was so sweet that she got like the glimpse, like you said, and we got we get a glimpse because like really in this show until they're public about it, we don't get a lot of time with just Monica and Chandler outside of them sneaking off to do it because it's what we're assuming is happening every time that they sneak off. So for them to be like talking about it and having that time, like you said, like that is what a relationship is. And I just thought it was so sweet and um, very just, it was very sweet. And then for Rachel to, to hear that and realize like to hear them as a couple when she, you know, just learned what was going on and then her and Monica together. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. So that is also my favorite scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, with the, with the Ross getting dumped by Janice (laughs) being a close second. Close second. Okay. How would you rate the episode? Um, I'm going to give this one a seven, seven, seven. Okay. Um, not as high as the last one, obviously. Yeah. Not as funny as the last one. Um, but it definitely had some really good moments. And um, I mean, it's not like super important to watch in the grand scheme of like, if you're trying to follow along with all the plot points, but you know, just some of the realizations that people had and the sweet moment with Monica and Chandler. I feel like this is the first episode we've had in a while where it really focuses on the two of them because we had the whole Chandler storyline. But um, so it was kind of nice to like check back in on their relationship in a sense. So that's where I'm going to put it. Yeah, this one's hard to grade because up until the last you know, few minutes of the episode, it wasn't like I loved the Monica Chandler, like the Monica work Chandler storyline. I really didn't care. Like Phoebe almost had like nothing to do with this episode except for like being there to like go to the movies or find out about Janice. But like the end of it was funny because it was like him being broken up with, Plus, like, the whole Rachel Monica thing at the end. So, like, it's really hard to rate. I think I'm going to give it a how you doing. Okay. Um, I would have probably rated it lower if the last couple scenes hadn't have happened. Um, but since those obviously came in clutch, I'll, I'll, I'll bump it up just a little bit um, to give myself, yeah, to give that rating. So. Um, okay. Post-show wrap-up trivia. All right. I feel like we're getting some dumb questions as of late. Um, Which friend is an actor? (laughs) Okay. Joey. Yeah. That's a dumb question. Holy cow. I mean, but think about it. If you're playing with people that don't really know the show that well, they might not know. Sure. Um, How much did the friends win in the Powerball lottery? Ooh. Ooh. And they hit us with that one. Okay. Um, yeah, you spoke too soon. <laughs> in the Powerball lottery? Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't have been that much. No. I feel like it would have been like $10 or something. It's $3. Oh, $3. Wow. Okay. Okay, Powerball is never that low. I don't know. I've never played... <laughs> I haven't either, but I would assume it wouldn't be that low. Yeah. 
Unless it was one of those where, like, a bunch of people won it and that was the joke. The payout, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, it won, but it was split by, like, 30 people. And then you're like, oh, well. You know? Yeah, that's true. So maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, recommend to a friend. You don't have any social media spotlights? Oh, shoot, yeah. Just skipped right over. Yes, social media spotlight. So sorry about that. Okay. We have got some feedback from Manang Lan Kumar, <laughs> which I almost did it the other way again. He says, hey, guys, it's been a while. So firstly, though you hate it, don't stop doing it, Llewellyn. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly. Called out. Yeah, called out. Secondly, a story. He says, I recently had my exams. I listened to episode 113 while studying at 1 a.m. And that day I did okay on my exams. But all I could remember was the details of the episode. That much attention I paid to (laughs) y'all while instead of studying when I was studying. That's funny. Thirdly, since you guys are like dead, literally dead on social media. I have an idea for y'all to come alive. How about you guys post a poll on ratings in your story a day after you release your episodes? That way you, your friends, can also rate the episodes. Also, you can do polls for the actual episodes. Just a suggestion. That's a good suggestion. That is a great suggestion. You know, I had a thought the other day. I was like, because we stopped in like early season two, doing our show and now i've only really posted like memes or like funny things you know when they come up that are friends related that i think are funny or you think are funny that we want to like post now i was like you know i could in the foreseeable future see that like once we end our podcast it's not like we'll be posting anything else on this channel we're not like We're not moving to a different show. We're not going to keep posting about friends. Like, it'll just be done. But I was like, what if by then, in order to, like, regenerate interest, I start reposting the episodes every week, like, on Instagram, and it'll generate, like, people. So you want to wait to boost our followers until after we're done? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm hearing you say. (laughs) No, it was just a creative way of me saying that, like, that's when I can catch up. I mean, we could do it on stories. I just don't want to muddy the feed when we stopped our feed at, like, a certain episode. Does that make sense? It does. Because, like, we have – it was season two, episode 11 was our last post. We're in season five. It's like we're three full seasons later. Yeah, we're exactly three seasons behind. (laughs) So. I don't know. We can do stuff in stories. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, we can we can have this chat offline. Okay. Well, thanks for the recommend. uh, Manang, Uh, we will consider. For sure. Um, okay, now recommend to a friend. Give it. Okay. 
So Leanne reminded me of this one <laughs> last episode. We were talking about <laughs> fall stuff. Um, and, and then she mentioned Christmas music. It is September, guys, and I've already listened to Christmas music mm-hmm. because a couple months ago, the Backstreet Boys, who I'm pretty sure I've told you guys is my one of my most favorite bands, um, like released that they're going to finally do a Christmas album this year. It has been over 30 years, and these guys have never done a Christmas album. It's because Insync you know had all of the capital on that okay, front. Insync well, sucks. So no, they nobody cares. Don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they. I will don't. always say that because Insync wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for Backstreet Boys because their manager screwed the Backstreet Boys over to create Insync. So I don't even want to hear it. Okay, but that doesn't mean that Insync sucks. Yes, it does. No, they're it doesn't. They're they not don't... together anymore, are they? They're no. not in a full. That's because they don't need to try and capitalize on something they did 30 years ago. Uh, no, don't even go there. <laughs> I don't even care. You're just um, wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. You are. The Backstreet Boys are doing a Christmas album. NSYNC can't compare. Um, yes, they, they were the their OG. harmonies are nowhere near oh where Backstreet Boys are. Um, we will always be rivals on this. No, uh, no, 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 no. You cannot say that because I don't dislike Backstreet Boys. But you're saying that like NSYNC sucks just because you like Backstreet Boys. But I'm not saying that Backstreet Boys sucks. I'm not against Backstreet Boys. I am not saying that they suck. You're mad at their manager and you're taking it out on NSYNC themselves. When they were probably just trying to get famous no, like I the know. Backstreet Boys. It wasn't their I'm, fault. I'm aware of that. I'm aware okay. of that. But there's always been a rivalry. And I will always stand for Backstreet Boys. Because I think, I, I, I personally think their music is better. Their sound is better. And they don't have, while they do have like front runners in the group, like now they're not like held back by a certain label. So their music that they're creating is stuff that they make, which is better. Anyways, not the point. They're coming out with a Christmas album. It's been way too long. And they just released their first track from it. And I've like listened to it on repeat for days. And it's incredible. And I can't wait for the rest of it to drop. So if you like Christmas music, if you like the Backstreet Boys, or even, or if, you even if you don't, just listen to it. Like me. I'll still listen to it. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been a nostalgic week. I've listened to a lot of Backstreet Like I've gone back and like listened to all their music. And I cringe at some of the, like, you know, early 90s music. And then, like, it'll play something from, like, a couple of years ago. And I'm like, all right, this is much better. What's the, is the Christmas album um, covers? Um, it's a mix. There's some covers and there's some, like, originals. Okay. Yeah. It's Coolio cool. gets you in the Christmas spirit super early. Yeah. I've done that before where I've listened to Christmas music so early in the season and so much that by the time Christmas actually came, I was so annoyed. <laughs> Whoops. But I like it. Okay. Um, I I don't have one again this week either. Okay. We just argued for like 10 minutes, so it's okay. We did. It was It was probably a minute and a half, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, so get in that Christmas spirit early. Um, and next week, Llewellyn takes back over when we cover the one with Joey's bag, bag, 
bag. Bag. I tried to make it as like I tried to make it as like (laughs) Midwest or like American, like bag. Okay. Anyways, we will catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast.